I'm Sydney. And I'm Julie. And this is Restaurant and Retail Revelations. Restaurant and Retail Revelations, where my co-host and I feature business insights, best practices, and advice from tenured leaders and stakeholders in the restaurant and retail industries. I'm Sydney Keita, and I'm here with my co-host, Julie Holkeboer. This week, we have the pleasure of speaking with restaurant expert and trusted industry consultant, Jay Bandy. Julie, will you tell our listeners a little bit more about Jay? Sure thing. Thanks, Sydney. So we're super excited to have Jay join us today, and he brings with him over 30 years of experience in the restaurant industry. Uh, Jay currently sits as the president of Goliath Consulting, which is an Atlanta-based consulting firm focused on really bridging the critical areas of strategic planning, operations, marketing, technology, and so much more for restaurants. So if you're a restaurant operator, owner, franchisee, or developer, or are simply interested in learning more about the restaurant industry, you're certainly in the right place. So to kick things off, we'll let Jay introduce himself. Absolutely. Uh, I am Jay Bandy with Goliath Consulting Group, and we are consultants to the restaurant world, all things consulting and restaurants. Well, great. Uh, thank you so much for joining Restaurant Retail Revelations today. Um, if you could, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about Goliath Consulting and the services you guys provide your clients? Absolutely. Our niche is we don't have one. That's kind of where we get started. So we work with independent operators uh, from people that start with just an idea. And we take that through the process of developing a restaurant and opening a restaurant. So we get involved with brand strategy, menu development, construction, design, operations, food safety, technology. That's why we're on the call today. Big fans of Revel. And also then help with the opening. So we do potentially the recruiting for our clients and then help them with the opening. So I've got trainers on the team that open restaurants. So that kind of covers the gamut of what we do for the independent world. And then the franchise world and chain world, we also do menu development, business strategy, marketing. Uh, we get involved in franchising. So we can start a franchise from the beginning documents uh, to ongoing support with mature franchisors. So we also do quite a bit with mid-size and larger restaurant chains throughout the U.S. Jay, I plan to ask you about this a little bit later on, but you teed it up really well. Could you just tell us a little bit about your relationship with Revel Systems in particular? So with Revel, we've been partners for the last about three years. And... It uh, started with some independent restaurants we're working with, looking for a solution that is credit card agnostic. So important, important thing for us is to find, you know, a system that will allow the operators to make a lot of their own choices, not only with credit card processing, but also with third-party apps. You know, if they have an app they like and they want to transfer over, how easy is that to do? So from there, uh, we also have Reggie Coachman that joined our firm about a year and a half ago, and he came from Focus Brands, and Focus Brands, a big client of Revel as well. So that just kind of strengthened our relationship with Revel. 
Excellent. We are so lucky to have you on board and your expertise. And I also wanted to speak to that a little bit. So on your website, it says you've got more than 30 years of experience in the restaurant industry. And I think most yes. folks don't go into consulting without a little bit of um, real world knowledge. So I would <laughs> love to just hear more about your background and maybe, maybe a little bit more about noteworthy roles that you've had within the industry before moving into the consultation space. Certainly. So it, it's all luck and opportunity. So I've kind of learned that from college on. So my first job in food service was, was with One Piece Substance Salads. And I started with them as an operations manager, basically out of college. Uh, not a lot of food service experience, but you know the willingness to learn and some organizational skills. And I had reached out to the headquarters after I was employed and I go, how many restaurants do we have? And the answer was around 100, you know, and you ask any operator today, right? They would go, I've got 106, but it was around 100 at Blimpy. And so that was the fun part of it. It was fairly disorganized, even though it, at that point it had been in business for probably 20 years. Uh, but I saw that 100 turn into 2000 restaurants. So I was there for roughly 10 years and got a chance to work on a lot of teams, uh, open a lot of restaurants. I was in charge of half a supply chain. I was the distribution guy and there was another person I was doing purchasing. I learned site selection. I ran marketing co-ops. Uh, I was the one that did the, the first rewrite of their operations manual. So had a, a wide breadth of responsibilities and really gave me the foundation for moving forward in the restaurant business. It sounds like you've kind of seen it all in the restaurant space. And now that we know a little bit more about your background and Goliath Consulting and, and what you guys offer clients, um, let's talk trends in the restaurant space. So what do you kind of see as, as one of the most exciting opportunities presented to restaurants right now? You know, one of the things, and it's, it, we call the different facets of the business verticals. And one of the things that's really exciting about the business right now is how many different opportunities an operator or a chain has to grow their business. You know, it used to be you'd have dine-in, drive-through, takeout were the mainstays. And catering over the course of the last 10 years has really grown. But now you have delivery, you have different third-party delivery companies on top of that, and then you have third-party catering companies out there that really allow the the operator of the brand to really expand into a whole lot of different avenues and use their production capabilities to grow sales. You know, that necessarily doesn't have to be uh, more seats or outside seating. It can be all these different verticals that you can jump into. Yeah, definitely seen a lot of operational changes in the last year. And I'm curious, you know, if there's a, maybe a particular success story that you have in mind, maybe an example of a brand that utilized your services at Goliath and saw some great results. So we're working on with a client right now, uh, Twisted Kitchen, uh, that's based in Metro Atlanta. And we really introduced them to the, the third party space with delivery and with catering. And catering really being the bigger piece of that. So it's not easy for operators to find some of these vendors and understand uh, what they do. And probably it's because of this. There's Foodie, Foodsby, 
and FUDA. We use all three of them. But just to get straight, who does what between those three companies, you know, is challenging enough. But with Twisted Kitchen, we engaged all three. And so that really allowed them to, again, leverage those hours before the restaurant opened to put catering orders together, either they delivered them or, you know, they got picked up and then also to do some offsite catering. And it really changed the complexion of their business and gave them, you know, that revenue stream uh, that they didn't have before. And there was no really trade off of business. So this is all found money, so to speak. And so that's why we're excited about that opportunity and really building that vertical app because it's a lot of times it's money before you actually open the door. Right. Yeah. We, you know, we talked about some of those trends that you said are, are exciting for restaurants right now. When you consider staying power versus more, you know, passing fads, what do you think restaurant operators should really be paying attention to right now? You know, it's goes back to what I've used for years and the football analogy. It's, it's all block and tackle. So the fundamentals of the business haven't changed, even though folks want to believe they have. You still have to offer good service. You still have to be connected with a guest. You don't want to get away from that. And also just product quality. You know, you've got to stay focused on a, on a good, solid product. Uh, but beyond that, it's things around marketing. You know, I, social media has definitely changed how we market businesses. But nothing still beats going out in your neighborhood with a business card that has a free lunch on it, inviting people into your business. So it's interesting. Again, I've been in the business 30 years. And so we use a blend of technology and I would at this point call old school tactics. And the combination of those two is really what makes you successful. I think, you know, as people jump into digital, you can definitely get overloaded and spending and focused on digital and not understand that some of the old block and tackle tactics are really what should be your foundation of your business. I love that. And, um, you know, we're Atlanta based now, so football is religion. It's a very good analogy for, <laughs> for this corner of the States. Um, so we've heard a success story now. We've heard of some of the, um, you know, trends with more staying power and, one thing I'd love to also kind of consider just over the time that you've spent in the consultation space is both for those starting out and then uh, also for more longstanding franchises, if it's different, what are some of the most common pitfalls or mistakes that you've seen when you've been working through these business with these businesses? It's, it's multiple items and really we'll, we'll go with these three. One is developing a business plan. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but people open restaurants without business plans. And I have not necessarily fights, but discussions with our clients about really mapping out what they want to do. People sometimes are reluctant to do a business plan because maybe they've seen one and it's 30 or 50 pages and it's got financial projections. All that stuff is good if you're running a, you know, a large company, but a lot of times we can boil a business plan down to about five to seven pages that really gives you the structure just to run your business. I mean, a budget, a development budget, you know, some basics on who's going to run the business, how they're going to run it, areas of responsibility, 
who, you, who your customer is, how you're going to market to them, what your menu is. That's Those are the basics of a business plan. If you can get that down, you know, it's a great start. Uh, number two that we find is, is people come in to the restaurant business with not the expectation of how much work it's actually going to be. And then being able to stick to that, you know, understanding that you've got six months where you're just going to have to dig in and get it done with no excuses. You know, so some people at seven days a week, some people at six days a week, but you just have to put in the front end effort uh, to get it done. And some folks expect to open the doors and just not to do the work. And a lot of times we see that's, you know, once they get to the doors open, that's their, their shortcoming. And the last thing we do see is people come into the business with not enough capital. You know, and if you look at the statistics that are presented by the SBA and others, uh, you know, undercapitalization is generally one of the biggest issues uh, for restaurateurs in closing their business. Uh, so, you know, we're big into looking at working capital numbers that are realistic for the business. We're also big into making sure that a business opens up with the volume it should. Sounds kind of crazy, but you know we we build uh, sales performance based on capability, and then build a plan to open to reach those numbers. And it all sounds like common sense, but we find a lot of times that operators don't do that, or they want to open a, a soft opening. You know, quotations, and we're not big believers in soft opening. Soft openings is practice. When you open to the public, the more volume you can do the more volume you're going to sustain, the more money you, you have the opportunity to make. So those are really the, the top three for us that we see because we do the restaurant rescue TV show stuff as well. So we go into restaurants and try to keep them from, you know, closing. So uh, it's generally one of those three things we run into. Yeah, I, I think those are all such strong points, and um, I'm sure people find your your consultant services very helpful there. So, um, Jay, in your opinion, what are some of the most exciting projects to work on? You know, with restaurants, whether they're new or established, and what do you enjoy most about those projects? I assume some of it is a, a fusion of that technology versus block and tackle tactics that you spoke to earlier. Well, probably the most fun that we have in the business is developing and executing menus. Now that, you know, that's a big category, but when you look at the restaurant business, there's a lot of different things, but that's, that's one of the most fun things that, you know, I get involved in is be able to develop products that are on menus that are signature items that you see people keep and they're around for 10 or 15 years. Uh, it really gives you a sense of pride and, you know, a visible impact to the business. So that's definitely one menu development. Uh, we all, you know, the whole team enjoys that. We definitely all dive in uh, because it is like you were talking about looking at trends. So understanding what's current, what the competitive set selling, and then figure out how to have some fun and be a little bit different. So that's definitely a big one. Uh, the other thing, you know, that's really satisfying and rewarding is putting the business plan together with projections and doing as well as that or better. 
So we don't sandbag, as they say, the numbers, but we give conservative numbers when we build out business plans and budgets for our clients. And it's great when they exceed those expectations because we never also build a, a performer for sales that doesn't show a profit. So that means our clients, when they open, are making more money, which you know really makes us feel good and obviously is a win for them as well. Yeah, definitely. So for menu development, does that ever involve taste testing? Yes. Awesome. That would be one of my and, favorites too. <laughs> and dieting too, because... You know, taste testing sounds great, but, you know, we've got a shaken burger test on Thursday. So that's drinking a dozen shakes and eating, you know, 10 oh. burgers. Obviously, you don't eat all of those items, but sips become milkshakes pretty quickly if you <laughs> yeah. don't watch yourself. Wow. All right. Um, so the, the hidden side of menu development for those who might not be as close to the industry. So we talked a little bit about um, just some, some common pitfalls and things. And I'm wondering if there are also just general characteristics or specific attributes that you think are kind of universal and helping to determine whether a restaurant concept or team will be successful in the long run. Um, have you experienced any of those? Yes. Uh, and part of it is just an organizational structure to keep current. Um, we work with older concepts, 40, 50 years old, and as well as, as newer concepts, obviously. And it's the ability to stay on trend, but not go over your skis. And what I mean by that is I don't follow what's latest. I, I go one step before the, you know, before that. I want other folks to test and then follow up in in follow behind them. So, and it's, it's finding that sweet spot. Uh, for example, you know, the thing with Impossible Burger and all those engineered food products are really taking off right now. But initially when they came out, it was a little more difficult space to navigate. And so we held our clients back from jumping all in before it got figured out. So they didn't get into the supply chain issues because a lot of people jumped in and then you couldn't get the product. Uh, the price of the product has also come down. So many engineering in terms of pricing is much easier. So we, we try to keep our clients on trend and also have it be smart decisions that allow them to move forward. And also the big key is also having things that fit your brand. So if you're a fried chicken restaurant, bringing in hot dogs, probably not a good idea. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, we run into a lot of that. So also helping our clients keep a focus on what their core competencies, competencies are is important. Yeah, I can imagine that that would be a challenge, especially if there's always interesting and new developments happening in that space. And I do think it might be hard to kind of stick to your core and, and what makes you unique if there's something flashy and exciting that you want to try out. But uh, yeah, focus is there's something to be said for that. Absolutely. 
So do you find that your proximity to the restaurant industry has impacted your experience as a diner over the years? Like maybe you note different things when you visit versus what a common diner would look for? Yeah, so it's funny. I do wear two hats. So I'm able to take off the consultant, you know, food service executive hat and just go out and eat. And I don't see anything. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting because, you know, people think I critique every, everywhere I go. No, sometimes I just go and buy food. Um, but a lot of what I do, because being in the food business and going out to restaurants, you know, covers two things. A, I need to eat. B, I need to learn. So I do spend a lot of time questing and going through, depending on the projects we're working on or new things that pop up on my radar, I want to check out. So I do a lot of time when I eat, I do analyze. I'm looking at design cues. I'm looking at, you know, food preparation and service equipment. Uh, so, you know, I do a, an assessment in, in my head while I'm in the restaurant, just picking up ideas. It's amazing. No matter where you go, you know, across the U.S. and different restaurants, there's always something to learn. That's the thing about this business, because it covers so many different disciplines. You can learn something about how they design their menu, or you can learn about things that they have at the entrance of the restaurant and the way they, you know, portray their brand. So it's not always just about the food. That makes a lot of sense. Um... And, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to compartmentalize those two things so that you're not always on the job and can occasionally just enjoy a meal out. <laughs> so, uh, so are there any major events or milestones on the horizon for Goliath? Yes, we have some interesting things coming up. So Goliath Consulting, it's actually, we're going to do a brand change here at the end of the year into Goliath Restaurant Group. Because we, we do more than consulting. So we actually manage brands and restaurants as well. So Twisted Kitchen, for example, is actually now a brand that we manage. And then we own parts of different businesses. So we're, we're partners in My Friend's Place Development Company, which develops My Friend's Place Daily Locations. And then we're going to launch a pizza catering business this summer uh, with a well-known pizza maker in Atlanta. And we're going to, it's going to be a franchise business, but also we look at expanding into other parts of the pizza world as well. So excited about that uh, for 2021. So we're continuing to grow. Great. It sounds like there's some very cool things on the horizon. Um, before we close things out, Jay, is there anything we didn't ask you today that um, you'd like to, to mention and share with our listeners? Ghost kitchens. Everyone wants to talk about them. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm on the, I'm that group of folks in the industry. I see ghost kitchens. I understand them. I've, I'm in them. Uh, you know, I've helped build them out, but it's not for everyone. I think it, everyone's looking at to be a panacea for a lot of, a lot of issues in the restaurant business. And so I would just advise people to take a harder look. We actually have a client that is scrambling to get out of their engagement with a ghost kitchen because it's not a fit for everyone. And on the flip side, it can be a great fit, especially in, in dense urban areas where there's high rent. So ghost kitchens have a place, but it's not everywhere. 
It's such a fun name too, uh, Ghost Kitchens. There's a lot of play for sure in October with that one, but Perfect. yeah, <laughs> um, it's, it's again, one of those things where it's like one size doesn't fit all. And just because it's, you know, on trend right now, doesn't mean it's the right option for your particular business. It's really important to remember. The very last thing then is we want to make sure that if restaurant operators want to connect with you for more information on Goliath's consulting services, that they can do so. So where can people find you? Goliathconsulting.com is the easiest place to track us down. You uh, can also catch me on LinkedIn. I, I do have a lot of contacts on LinkedIn. Jay Bandy is my uh, LinkedIn handle. And uh, if you want to have some fun, I'm also on Instagram at restaurantsjb. So you get a glimpse into a lot of different things on there, but I definitely have some fun and share the restaurants I, you know, go to on my spare time. Very I cool. love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, learned a lot of things and, you know, I, the menu development, uh, you know, that, that may need to be just, you know, looking five, 10 years in the future, if marketing won't have me anymore, I don't know. It, right. it just sounds <laughs> like I can get the dieting piece under control. Might have to see if there's some alignment there. It's okay. feast and famine. For sure. There you go. Outside of getting the menu right through thoughtful development work, it was interesting to hear Jay speak to the attributes that he thinks are universal in helping to determine whether a restaurant concept will be successful. Finding that sweet spot of staying on trend, but letting others test new approaches before fully committing is no easy feat. I also really like his blended approach to marketing strategy. So that combination of technology and old school tactics. And Jay spoke to this block and tackle methodology, uh, which he says still works as a foundation for how operators run their businesses today. I think that's a really nice point. Agreed. And with Revel's headquarters based here in Atlanta, you know, I'm always for strategies that call on football analogies as American football is religion here in the Southeast. Speaking of Revel, episodes like this wouldn't be possible without support from the leaders at Revel Systems, our producer and marketing colleague, David Gamber, and of course, insightful guests like Jay. Thanks so much for listening today. We'd love to have you back. Like and subscribe to Restaurant and Retail Revelations on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check back soon for new episodes added bi-weekly.